Jinkos for life. Four for more. Yay. So saw a little comment on our thread from a Mr. Nicholas Prohl. Boo. He sucks. Boo. Not as bad as Luke, but he sucks. And Boo. he said that our show needed more Brzezicki. And we promptly concurred with him. So we, we doubled up on the Brzezicki. Somebody actually said that? Yeah. Yes. Somebody said they actually wanted oh Brzezicki. <laughs> so we actually doubled up on that. We've got Jeremy and Emily here today sitting in. Hello, hello, everyone. Um, one of the things that I'm really happy to be able to do is offer you like a visual on a visual on a podcast. <laughs> I will be, be your eyes idiot. and ears on this episode, and I can tell you right now, Steve is wearing cut-off jorts and a "The South Shall Rise Again" T-shirt. That's true. False. Uh, Jared is wearing a pink bathrobe and nothing else. That, that's also true. Nothing else. Also false. I will do nothing but offer uneducated opinions on things that apparently nobody cares about. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you said earlier that you were a scholar, Emily. Part of academia. But 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 you said I I am a scholar and this is dumb. <laughs> so, words words. <laughs> So one thing that we like to do, we kind of started off on the first episode as a uh, good way of everybody getting to know us and everything is we kind of talked about Steve and my origin story and we had it from our perspective and I kind of wanted to offer the opportunity for Jeremy to kind of see, to kind of break into where we first kind of met and everything. And then now that Emily's here, which is great, we, she's an unexpected, very welcome guest on this and I kind of want to spend some time on that. So I, I mean, we're all part of the same organization from Lewis, Sigma Delta, and I, I know we, Jeremy and I met outside of that at first, but I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of what brought this little ragtag group together. Yep. So, Jeremy, if you would, take us through what brought you to Lewis, and then what brought you into Sigma Delta. Uh, what brought me to Lewis? Uh, they actually offer an excellent aviation program at Lewis University. I originally wanted to start out as a mechanic, but decided I would like the... Um, What's what's the word? The prestige of being a pilot. However, <laughs> that didn't pan out for me. But uh, I originally went to Lewis to be a pilot. Really? So did you like when you went your first year? Did you go in under the pilot program, or did you go in? Yes, and, it and did. Maintenance? Yes, okay. it did. Gotcha. And what's interesting is is that I met Jared's wife long before I met Jared or Steve. Claire was the second person I met at Lewis University. The second she was person. very friendly. <laughs> And, you know, I was just lost wink, wink. future college <laughs> student. I had no idea who to talk to or what to do. I was very quiet. I don't think she's ever been friendly with Jeremy. I'm not sure, though. There was a, there was a lot of time I didn't know her before I knew her. But uh, anyway, she was like, hey, what's up? And, you know, I was spinning my keys on a lanyard around my head like an idiot, <laughs> which I did for a long time. Well, that, see, that, that seems like you seem like somebody she would talk to because she went, wow, tall, dumb, cute boy. Let me go. Yeah, talk that, to him. I fit that profile. Yeah. <laughs> he's swinging his keys around. He's like, he's got to be dumb. He's going to hit himself. He's going to do it. But, you know, what? I'll talk to him before he brain damages. Himself. I also have a side question when you're done with your origin story. Anyway, so <laughs> I met Claire, and we hung out for a while. I dated her roommate, which is 
Oh yeah, she was, she was a character. Uh, yes, she is a character. I'm she sure. Tried still. kicking me in the balls. But anyway, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, Claire and her friend Katie, Kate, sorry, Kate, Kate got yes. me involved in Sigma Delta, and. I actually, I was on the fence about it because my girlfriend was in Sigma Delta at the time and she was get, trying to get me to join, which was actually dissuading me from joining Sigma right, Delta. Yeah, I don't want to be around you all the time. <laughs> yeah, it, I was like, oh, I, I don't know. And then I was talking to Nick Prohl and Nick was like, you know, do what you want, man, but just do something at Lewis because otherwise right. you're going to be bored. Exactly. I mean, that, and that I makes was perfect like, sense. That's an argument that makes sense. I'm going to put up with the inevitable shit that I have to deal with from having my girlfriend already involved and I'll join it with my friends. And I did. And I met Steve while joining Sigma Delta. I remember him. I remember him vaguely, you know, um, in orientation with us, but I remember us most. Um, I don't, I don't know if I should tell this story, but it was, which, it, which story are you going to, are you going to tell the, cause one thing I want to do is like, we're going to have a beta cap episode. I'm sure he's going to tell the dartboard story. Um, or, or was it was it going to be the canoe episode? I mean, was it going to be the canoe story? From... No, it was actually right before we were about to do the uh, the run across campus. Okay, okay, run. okay, okay. That's the go fact. ahead. That, yeah, that's not the story I was going to. I remember I Steve, to you know, from the dartboard episode. We'll talk about that later. But uh, just excuse most, me while I go kill myself. My most specific memory <laughs> of Steve was we we were going to do a. Um, a traditional run around the campus. I'm not going to give any real details on what we were wearing or why we were doing it. Just a brisk, nice run. It was you know, very brisk. Bonding. I will say very... Team-building exercise. Yep. Very brisk. Yes. But anyway, I remember sitting in the car, and Steve was sitting next to me, and he was petrified. Like, Really? He was noticeably terrified. I will, I will also go uh, and add to this story that that was the first night I was introduced to whiskey. <laughs> It was, and you know what's funny is I, th were you the first? I think you were the first. I was to do it. the first one, and he was just scared to do it. But he got out of the car, and he was the first to run across that campus in the designated attire, as was uh, as was dictated to us by our management at the time, and. Uh, <laughs> I was very, very <laughs> proud that he was the guy that was the most scared out of any of us to yep. do it. But he I was the that. first to do it. And I respect that. him for that. Oh shucks. <laughs> anyway, uh, my my glass is about dry, so uh, why don't you turn it over to Emily and let I will her turn it over to Emily. Yeah, you can go go refill that glass and. Uh, so I'm just talking about how so I came to be in Sigma Delta. For, you're probably gonna put the mic a little bit closer to your mouth, even though you have a motor mouth. You're probably gonna put a little bit closer, like there. That'll probably be pretty good, mm -hmm. so you don't wreck everybody's eardrums. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like what, what I want to know is, and what we kind of talk about is who did you know, what got you in? Like, because it's, it's the one thread that kind of binds all of us that are, that are doing these shows is how we got connected through Sigma sure. Delta and built these lifelong friendships, which have, which have been amazing. Well, when I, when I went to Lewis, I, um, or when I was looking for colleges, I knew I liked history. I knew I liked theater, but I did you apply anywhere else? Yes. Where else did you Where else did you put applications, or um, like where else did you to be look at going you, to college? I do not even remember where I applied. Okay. I just I know I applied at a few different colleges, and All right. um, I was trying to decide what to do. Um, I was contemplating going away. I didn't want to go too far because I was dating a guy who um, from high school who was going to U of I. So okay. I didn't want to get too far out of state. Right, right, right. Um, 
and uh, so I toured a few colleges. I walked into Lewis's theater, and I was like, yeah, this is where I'm going. Oh, really? Even if I, I knew I wasn't going to major, I knew I pretty much knew this isn't something I'm going to make money with. It was just a hobby. I really enjoyed it. Right, And I loved the theater when I walked right, in there. Right, right, right. It had a great vibe. So I decided that's where I was going to go, and I really liked the feel of the campus. I know it's silly, but I liked the cobblestone pavers. On yeah, the I, and I, I really – I dug the campus too. Yeah, I just, yep. I just liked it. It felt like a good place. So I went there. Um, when I went to college, I was pretty green as far as fun is concerned. I never hung around people that drank or smoked. Or <laughs> did, I mean, you know, I was a very by-the-book person. Um, so hanging out with the theater, I mean, everyone had a lot of fun. There were the preview parties, and I got brought to a couple Sigma Delta functions. And um, I had a ball. I loved everybody that was involved there, and I just wanted to hang out more. I remember my first semester, I wanted to pledge then, and they were like, no, you got to be a second semester. And I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? <laughs> what do you mean? You can't you can't take this away like from me. I want to pledge now. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. Yeah. So no one I, makes um, Emily Kadar. So wait. I don't know that anyone specifically recruited me. I just hung out with everybody because of the, my theater association. Right. And I was like, yeah, I definitely want to be a part of. And this thing, like we t- we talked about that on one of the other episodes, is that like a lot. There's been a lot of different majors I've gone yeah. through, but it seemed like it, it was never the theater frat but for it was 30, a large portion but a it. large portion of it ended up being that. And I think there was a like I mean Jeremy building the sets and like he knew there Claire, were. then I met Claire, and then mm-hmm. there were like. That, that was like three of us out of our – four of us with Tim. At least. Yeah, there were yeah. four of us out of our the Beta Kappa class that knew each other through theater Yeah, that ended up, ended I up just, pledging I just – I saw Sigma Delta, and every time I looked at them, they just seemed like a group of people, and everybody had each other's backs, and they were all a huge ton of fun. Yeah. And to me, that was just like that's, that's where I want to be. Exactly. That, that's one thing that I looked at when I went into looking and doing it is that – you know, I saw people hanging out together, not at just events. You know, oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, you'd see, fr- like, people break off into different groups, and you, you see that even nowadays. Like you know, that's how I got, I mean, I don't even remember if I was, no, I was in Sigma Delta at this time, but, I mean, Jonah got me my job at Outback serving in the area. I mean, okay. I, it was just connections everywhere, you know, right. and I didn't even, I barely knew Jonah at the time, but, right. you know, he still, he was like, oh, hey, we're interviewing, you're looking for a job, great, show up, and then I had a job at Outback, you know, it's, it's, right. it's a lot of connections. Uh, the first time I met Jeremy was at the theater and uh he was i don't hanging lights or doing doing some some kind of tech thing doing something maintenance wise and i'm like well there's a big dumb jack (laughs) 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 i never thought more about him at all right jeremy did not even blip on my radar for a long time really really no not even remotely my type wow i liked small nerdy guys like pat o'brien no he was somebody that was fun (laughs) you know Oh. He was a little too flighty for me. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it still is. <laughs> he was Love him to mess death. with, but a little too flighty. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. My, oh, my ex-boyfriend at the time, he was a nuclear physicist, so if it gives oh, you an idea, those Jesus. are the kind of guys I like. Wow. So, um, anyhow, uh, I'm trying to think, where am I? Oh, yeah, so I pledged to see You're Steven the mic right now. You are steeving the mic. I'm steeving. Oh, I am. Sorry. <laughs> we'll work on that. <laughs> That's it. Steve, you're now Think about it. So uh, I pledged Sigma Delta. That it's was not, not, not without its rocky. Um, Who was your big brother? Um, I believe it was you. Oh, Jared that would be me. Sampson. That's right. I do. Believe I, I remember. It's I remember. Wonder your, she made it in. <laughs> I remember your inductions night. It was funny because I I was one of the upperclassmen at the time, so I was able to get a I was able to be guaranteed a uh, a little at that point. And your class was pretty big. It was it was fun yeah, and everything. There was, there was a few of us. And when everything was done, it was funny. I go, ah, I got a little. Claire goes, did you get the hot one? <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is wrong well, with you? I appreciate that. <laughs> so as you were saying. So, uh, yes, my, my pledging period was not without its rocky moments. I think everyone, mostly everyone listening to this will probably know what I'm talking about. But it was a lot of fun. It's not like you took it seriously or anything. 
How many times did you quit? I don't know. <laughs> How many times did you cry? I don't know. I was so sleep deprived. I was. There's the thing. I was commuting, so yeah. I would. Oh, I understand. Drive back home. I got, and I was working. I was. I was. I was in a play, working, pledging, full time classes. I was so fucking sleep deprived. You know, when we had Max, we're like staying up with him, and I thought the only thing that even remotely compares to the level of sleep deprivation of a newborn is pledging. Yeah, absolutely. For me, you know, so it, I was just a lunatic. When you're on duty at midnight and stuff, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it was it was great. I loved it. Um, I'm. You know, it was it was. Something I'll remember forever. But I remember when we did one of the events where I was uh, I voluntarily went with you guys off campus to do some things. Yes, yes. And you were you were really upset when I when I kept trying to, to make away. phone calls and, and and you know give people an indication of where I was at. You were like crying and pleading with me. I felt so bad, but it was so funny at the time from that from well, that sure. side of things. From the perspective of yeah, it, it, it was fun. Yeah. But like you, you cared so much, and that's why I, I thought well, it was I so did. awesome. And that's why I think people stuck with me, even though I was really annoying and kept quitting because I kept quitting because I didn't. I thought that I didn't feel like I was really gonna make it. I, I just it was it was I cared a whole lot about the organization. Right. I cared a whole lot about what I was doing, and if I felt like what I was doing wasn't good enough. You know, part of me just felt like tapping out at that point. Yeah, I, I understand. Didn't want to fuck it up anymore, you yep. know. But I really love the organization, and I still do. So. And when did you decide that you were going to throw your uh, lot in with the big dumb jock? Uh. Quit steving the mic. It's a little bit later. I mean, let's see. So. She I called you a big dumb jock when you were in the other room. You were a big dumb jock. Don't don't give me the middle <laughs> finger. She called you that. Look at his face. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So during pledging, I met Jared. I met Steve. Both became pretty quick friends. I think. I mean, Jared, yeah. you and I were tight pretty close. Yeah. See, Emily, I didn't feel like we bonded until no. we had our ski trip. We did bond, but we were friends before that. I'll be right back. Well, I think okay. we were friends. I think we were kind of friends as like. I always felt that you looked at me as like this is my boyfriend's friend, so I'm going to be friends with him. And then no, until so. until that remember, ski you know, trip, I don't ever remember feeling like that about you. I can't tell you when we bonded because I don't have a specific memory i just my i don't have a memory before you being my friend you know like i don't i just I, when i think of you i don't think of anything but steve bard my really good friend you know mm. so i i can't point to a point in time where I, we weren't or we were friends just that you've been my friend for a really long time and that's true 10 years as we just yeah. uh as we just so, discovered so i guess so yes when i with jeremy jeremy and i were pretty good friends and uh we just hung out and talked, and we were super platonic. And then one day I woke up, and I was like, hey, I think I like this guy. <laughs> yes, it is a long origin story. People keep interrupting with questions and stories. Yeah, jerk, shut up. So, yeah, I woke up and thought I liked him, and Jeremy pretty much thought the same thing. And then he asked me out on a date to a group date, which was actually just us. Okay, no indication it was a group date. You said a bunch of us are going to see Walk the Line. Would you want to come? Lies. Truth. I don't know. It's, I still... Damn it, your memory is better than mine. I, did, I gave no indication it was a group date. Well, anyhow, we went out to a movie, and then we had a very long discussion that night about why we probably shouldn't date. <laughs> That's always a good way to start yeah, off a date. And, and this was probably about a year-ish after we had been friends. And I remember right. one day just specifically thinking, God damn, it's too bad I'm not attracted to him because we'd be, like, perfect together. Like it was. Oh we my really, god! We weren't each other's. Oh my god! We weren't for you for a long time, and then. <laughs> and anyhow, once we decided that we liked each other, we talked about why we shouldn't date, um, and uh, then we 
kissed and it was like a movie. Well, forget those ideas. We're going to throw all those ideas uh, right yeah. out. Yeah. The yeah, scre- so then we started the dating. The scream and heard around the world. About a week after we started dating, we were like, yeah, we're probably going to get married. And that was that. So. <laughs> That's awesome. And our life has been awesome ever since. Yay. Yay. Hooray. I'm going to pass this back because I've been talking for way too long. You? No way. Never. Come on. <laughs> Um, okay, so Jeremy, real quick before we move off of the origin stories, as an adult, how many times have you been seriously injured? I don't know, Steve. Um, I've no, I can tell you, I've broken my right leg twice since you've wow. known me. I uh, blew up my knee. I have multiple other injuries that I don't go to the doctor about because they would keep me away from lifting or running. So he's basically frail, like she said earlier. Yeah. Clearly. Like, like an old woman's oh, bone frail, structure. Frail. Pretty much. I'll throw you both around at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can, old man. That's true. Must be a commercial. <laughs> Max, destroyer okay, of worlds. Okay, let's cut off the Paw Patrol. No more. <laughs> and that's, Jeremy, take it from my experience with my nephews. That's not the worst thing in the world. No. It's, it's true. Well, it's time for the, it's time for the, the puppy to go to bed. in his mouth and then set it down and then panted. Yeah. It's pretty clean. amazing is what it at is. Least he, at least he brings it back. He brings, the, he brings the toy back. That's true. Much more than I could say for my existing actual dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so something kind of popped up on the Internet this week that I think affects all of us as that we lived it when we were younger, going through high school and everything. It appears that Jinko jeans are making a resurgence oh for God, today's why? generation. Well, it's it actually serves as a really good indicator of the idiots in our society. So, I mean, if you're wearing those giant jeans, is this the second or third sign of the apocalypse? I well, don't want this person, you know, handling my taxes. <laughs> here's, here's the way that I look at it. Do you guys? Okay, we all went to high school at the same time, right? So, do you guys remember, like, when the hippy-dippy people in high school started wearing bell-bottoms and everything started, like, trying to bring those back right before the Jinko yeah, jeans see, came back? bell-bottoms are sexy as hell on. on the right. Wait, 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 wait. Not L- Jinko. Hang on. Hang on. I do remember that, So, yes. So, to me, this looks more like the unfortunate cycle of fashion and, like, pop culture is that when we were in high school, 20 years after bell-bottoms went out, they came back. Now we're out of high school 20 years later. Think about it. Like in 1994, 95, 96, it's 20 years later now. Now the Jinkos are coming back. I mean, this is the exact yeah, everybody same thing. Who, everybody who wore them now has jobs in that industry, and I, so they're like, let's bring these back. I do agree. It's And that's the problem with nostalgia is it puts a, uh, a shiny veneer on everything as opposed to like Actually realizing you look like a fucking idiot. Which right. is why we have G.I. Joe movies. <laughs> so let me ask you, how many pairs did you own? I never had a pair. Steve? I had a... None. I didn't have any of them. Like I, like I was one of the people that didn't wear them either. Because the groups that always, in my... Like when I was in high school, the groups that had, that were always wearing them were always like the stoners or yeah. the... Uh, or like the uh, not quite goth goth people. Like wore the jinkos oh, yeah, all yeah. the time. You know... Uh, yeah, it's it reminds that's exactly the subculture. I I was huge into the I was into the stoner look, like the grunge look. That's so were you so you always were like the flannel things. thing. Like uh, I was into flannels until nineteen ninety nine. That brings out that that, that brings up. A, well, I do now. Now that's cool to wear them again. So so let me ask you this then: what <laughs> no, not. what class did you fall under in high school? Like ex, ex, 
So let me ask you this. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Not Monday, because, you know, you, you, you wear your, you know, after the weekend stuff on Monday. Friday's going on. You're getting ready for the weekend right at school. So it's Wednesday. What are you wearing to school Wednesday of 1998? What are Nothing you wearing? I wore changed day to day. I would wear loose ass carpenter pants because right. I, for some reason, had 17 pairs of them. I would wear a flannel and a t shirt from some metal band. I had an, I had still up until actually a month ago I had my typo negative t shirt that I bought in seventh grade, still still had it. It was like it looks like Swiss cheese. It was freaking awful. No Max, don't touch. Oh, and he smiled. That means he he got the impression he was looking for. You were barely born. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! When she's talking, you got to put the mic at her face, Jeremy. Otherwise, nobody can hear. So what? Well, what were you rocking? You that at the in time? 1998, I was rocking the Catholic school uniform. Like you still intentionally, have any of those? or be- no, like I went to a Catholic school. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you still have any of those? How dare you, sir? How dare you? That woman has children. <laughs> Which means she Actually, doesn't. one. <laughs> it just means she's available. Yes, I had the Catholic school uniform, and yes, I absolutely memorized the dance move to Britney Spears. Yes, one more, time. one more time. Yes! No, That's I awesome. <laughs> oh, destroyer of worlds running around. He's yeah, a I cute deserve, kid, though. I deserved it. Steve, what was your what was your outfit on a Wednesday? Well, my entire high school persona after freshman year was specifically crafted to not leave any lasting impression. My goal on a daily so basis was to, was to uh, stay under the radar as much as possible. So really? it was usually uh, black or dark green T-shirt and blue jeans. Really. Wow! Yeah, I did not. I did not wear any logos. I did not wear anything. School, huh? uh, I did not wear anything loud. Thing was my <laughs> my goal was to blend in as completely as possible. That makes sense. And did you already? Did I miss yours, Jared? No, I, I didn't talk about it yet. My look changed quite a bit from freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Freshman year, I was rocking the whole uh, like tracksuit type thing. I wanted to be a thug, but I wasn't. Oh yeah. Like, but I, but I didn't want to like. Be was, a it, was it a red tracksuit? No, it was black and blue, like did Adidas tracksuit. It did. Yeah, I, I rocked it. Yep, uh-huh. gold chain, all that, slick back hair, gold yeah. chain, really? Oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tried rocking it. It didn't work out too good. Sophomore year was uh, it was a little bit more chill. It was uh, just like cargo sh- cargo pants and uh, you know like uh, khakis and shirts and stuff. I like really didn't do too much. I kind of I kind of found my groove when I got into junior and senior year. My junior year is I went full prep. Like I was a preppy my my whole junior year. I was like I only wore Tommy Hilfiger pants. Sure, we were the exact opposite. polos. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you my high school. Okay, so so I wore my Tommies, my polos, all that. Like that's all my closet was was just Tommy jeans and polos. That's all I wore. Um, senior year. I kind of understood the world a little bit better and like understood how things were going. Not not like not like an adult, but like I just like okay, this stuff doesn't really matter. So my senior year, I wore Hawaiian shirts all year, winter everything. I wore I wore Hawaiian shirts and car. I wore Hawaiian shirts, khaki khaki long pants, and cargo amazing. shorts all the time. 
Yeah, I like I got no. I that's the thing is like I got into Jimmy Buffett Jimmy my Buffett senior year. I understand. Right, I played rugby. I understood like a little bit more about the world and just kind of like chilled out. I like didn't really care too much and just kind of made my own look. Uh oh, Jer- Jeremy's on call. Go, go chase the child. So, so what about you, Em? Uh, my high school. Well, I had gone. I grew up in a ghetto area and went to a grade school, junior high with uniforms. So I really didn't get to develop my identity music-wise. My parents didn't listen to much music, so I just heard the R&B and rap that my classmates listened sure. to. And I never developed a sense of style because it was uniforms all the time. Uh-huh. So freshman year, I really had no idea who I was going to a public gotcha. high school. So, so, you went, so, you went from the, so you went from the uniforms and everything, and you went to a public high school to where it was free reign to I do. I moved into New Lenox from Harvey. Okay. So, I I did I really had no clue. I didn't know what music I liked. You went to New Lenox from Harvey, so what you so you stabbed a couple people, then figured out what Absolutely, you're going to wear yes. for the day. And then I ran to New Lenox. <laughs> Witness protection. So anyway, so I'm in New Lenox, and um, I I really didn't know who I was, and this is how I defend my my fashion choices my freshman year. I wore like Max, no, no, like, no, no, like glittery things and like right. I dressed like as sexy as a 14 year old freshman can and, like, you know, <laughs> I like the, I, I, the high school quarterbacks were asking me on dates and then oh I went out and God. I'm like wow this is fucking boring as shit so I, I, I figured out pretty fast that that wasn't me right but right I did right 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 I didn't know who I was and then I started getting into like I don't know alkaline trio like that kind of stuff you know okay just, I, I really like the, the you know emo and punk rock stuff and and then I started wearing my like spike belts, and I dyed my hair maroon. What? And oh yeah, I was t- total like you know. Punk rock, Holy punk cow! Rock. I did not expect that. And um, that was where I was really. I just I had fun like that. That was just very comfortable for me at the time. And wow. And then as I got more towards the senior, I was like, well, I really like this, but I feel like I should get a little more serious before college because if I'm going on job interviews, no one's right, gonna take me seriously. Right. So then I just got more like more how I am now. You know, just the basic. Sure. Every day, not really certain style one way or the other but right. I, I i enjoyed my um, my my spike belt my maroon hair while it lasted gotcha and i went to a bunch of you know local concerts sure and- who was your what was your favorite band in high school it changed a lot um for some strange reason i liked a couple christian rock bands not because i was super christian at little jars all. little jars of clay dc talk action no, no i liked five iron frenzy i love oh you got a little five iron, iron frenzy hell but yeah I, I really don't give a shit about christianity i just really love five iron frenzy um, so I love. I've been, I've been to, yep. and Alkaline Trio were my favorites in really? high school. With with a few like others in between. But those yeah, are my awesome. two favorites. What yeah. about you, Steve? What was your favorite band in high school? Um, I was uh, I was getting into uh, my country music phase when I was in high okay. school. So I listened to a lot of uh, mid '90s country. Okay, if, uh, if you can believe that. And then I was kind of on uh, on the I fringes of that. the of the grunge movement. We're, okay. I liked, uh, uh, I liked No Doubt a lot. I liked Soul Asylum. Okay. Yeah. So I know that kind of like kind of like the grunge band kind of thing sure yeah what about you jeremy what was your, what was your band in high school that you liked the most you know i was actually really into alice in chains I really liked, uh, oh i still am they're fucking awesome see i'm but, not a big fan i like it not a big fan though you and me have a problem uh, why i didn't say they were bad i just said i didn't like them that another much. one uh but i was also in very much into metal like i was right Seven Dust was probably my one of my Seven favorite Dust bands at the band, time. Yeah. I, saw, I saw them many times. Stabbing Westward, another one of my favorites. Cool. But yeah, I was yeah. I mean, by metal standards, they're not that. They're not. Oh, that but it's hard. still good music. I love Stabbing Westward. I, I love that whole industrial metal thing. And me too. I mean, Rob's Rob and White Zombie. Yeah, probably Power still. Man, dude. Come on, Power oh, Man. Power Man Five Thousand. Gotta love PM Five K, Holmes. Um, didn't we went. Yes, we did. Home when your car got towed because is, you parked outside of a, in the wrong place <laughs> yes outside I of one do. of their. That's where. 
that's like one of that's one of Claire's favorite stories. I'll let her tell it sometime in full detail. But one of Claire's favorite memories of you that she she talks about is when you, me, and her went to that show to go see Power Man and Raw and oh, he, Ra was uh, there too, and Stone right. Sour. We went we went to the Congress Theater to see that, and then we were in the mosh pit. You and I were down there in the mosh pit. Oh yeah, and. She was standing down there with us, and you picked her up, and like you, you lifted her out of the mosh pit and turned her around and, like, to get her out of it. What was going on? Because she was getting hammered everywhere. Yeah, that was pretty rough, man. Freezing. Oh, my gosh. Where'd it go? Oh, geez. Oh, he's got yeah, the entire enjoy, enjoy that, Emily. So that's fun. I love, I love reminiscing, thinking about stuff like that. So, Jinko Jeans, you think, you think that it's a, a good thing, bad thing, and different? I mean, what's your real perspective I on just, this? I just don't give Do a you shit care? what other people wear. Right. I mean, whatever you feel really emphasizes your style, that's fine. I despise right. high fashion. I despise fashion. I like things that, you know, are worthwhile. I like to wear wool right. flannels and jeans that are actually of reasonable quality. Boots. I mean, shit. So that you're can, a man is what you're saying. It's like you care about things being able to hold up to you working in them. It, things it like needs that. to be you don't able care to too take much about. some stabbing or, you know, at least. <laughs> take some stabbing. Okay. Have something fall onto it without, you know, worrying yeah, about it. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Steve, are you going to go run out and get yourself a pair of Jenkos? Uh, I highly doubt that I will purchase a pair. Uh, I'm in the same camp as Jeremy. I, I, I just don't care. Yeah. Like, if you're if you're a good person and the only thing that you do is wear Jenko jeans on your off day, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be buying any at all. My son has a lot of chocolate right now. So I'm concerned over his welfare. Actually, our welfare. <laughs> I was going to say he'll be fine. How are you going to deal with it? So, Steve, you brought up a uh, something we kind of want to talk about earlier today about a uh, little iPhone issue. I think it was about edible iPhones or something. Well, no, I read a story online about uh, a man who bakes cookies and decorates them uh, to look like iPhones and pretends to talk on them as he's driving. And when he gets pulled over, he takes a bite out of them and asks the cop if the cookie is illegal. And uh, I wanted both of your input on that. I thought it was a good story for this uh, double, uh, this double brzezicki extravaganza. Double brzezicki extravaganza. I like that. So, Jeremy, what what's your like? If you think about the entire thing, what you're trying to do is like, my opinion, thought like initial thought is that you're baiting a cop to pull you over to then yeah. you know hoist them on their own petard on that. So, what's your initial thought process? I want to hear from you. I want to hear from Emily. Like, like, tell me what you think. I'll be honest with you. Every single time I drive around a cop for any reason, I think I'm doing something wrong. Because chances are I am. I'm speeding or I've got my um, – I'm adjusting something on my radio or something like that. I'm not a distracted driver, but always when I'm a cop, there's a cop around, I do something stupid. I make a lane change within like 10 feet of a, a light or something like that. Why the – why would you possibly want to get a cop to pull you over and inconvenience yourself and the police officer exactly to prove a point that oh look i'm not talking on my phone it's a cookie i actually spent a lot of my time to try to bait cops into getting me to pull over you want you want to bait a cop to pull you over wave a gun outside your car how about that well yeah why not if you want to prove that point exactly you know, talk on your phone, actually, if you want to get a cop to pull you over. Have your taillight out. If you're that much of an asshole, you want to talk to a police officer, you can make it happen. Or you can just be in any whitish town and drive a car that looks slightly beat up. Okay, that, that happened a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I had, at the time, 
1989 Cadillac DeVille. The old DeVille. Oh, <laughs> oh God, I love that out, car. Homie. With, with a different colored door because we had replaced it with a door from another Cadillac. There was also a white door. Okay, it, it looked a little <laughs> bit crappy because it had one white fender and it was really loud and it was had tinted windows was, from the previous owner. Sweet. Oh my god! It looked god. like an extremely um, downtrodden car, as it were, and uh, it was did, the, did most the car look ethnic, car in the world, as we would say. It uh, ethnic. <laughs> anyway, yes, uh, I got pulled over once because I was driving the car and doing nothing else. Oh, my God. The officer walked up to my car and asked, you know, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm driving home from my college, sir, and going home. And he was like, all right. And he walked away. Oh, my God. And after that point, I got followed a couple times by cops. It's Holy it's just cow. it's the interchange from Joliet to uh, to New Lenox. That right. I was driving down. It happens. It happened a lot. Absolutely. It happened to me as well. I was driving home from. I was doing something extremely innocent. I, I was at, actually, I think I was at Allison's house. I think we were like making baby shower invites or just, just something. Something very, completely white and innocent. Yeah. And I was <laughs> driving home and they pulled me over and they're like, have you been drinking? I was like, no. Actually, I was really, I was making baby shower right. favors. And, <laughs> and he's like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm a hundred percent. You can take a breathalyzer. I have not had any alcohol. Oh you know? my God. He's like, all right. All right. Go ahead. You Get out of here, lady. You couldn't drive in a black person's car. Uh, it should be worth to mention that our cops and uh, the cops in the town we used to live in, they made most of their money off DUIs. Like, DUIs right. was their, that was their bread and butter, their meat and potatoes. They love DUIs, and they, they get disappointed when they don't get one. So that's why. Makes sense. Makes sense. I don't know. For, from my point of view as, you know, a CSJ major and kind of looking to go into that, whole feel and everything with this is that if I'm going to pull somebody over because I think they're talking on their phone, there's probably some other thing I'm going to, I would pull them over for as well. So you may get me on the whole, Oh, Hey, you didn't, you know, I didn't really have a phone, but there's nine or 10 other things I'm going to do to make your day a lot worse than it was before I pulled you over. Is there, um, I guess, is there a law against, like, like I think of it as, like, what if you were walking around with an airsoft gun and you were just, you know, brandishing it? It's just stupid. And, like, is there, stupid aside, is there anything that he can be ticketed for or, Max, no, 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 no. So. Pause. Hooray. Your beer. All right, well, I'll chime in while Jared's doing some work here. Um, yeah, I was just wondering I, if I there was like, I was just wondering if there was anything officially that he could be ticketed I, you know, for I, like Here's my feeling. It's like inciting my a is, if doing something like that, it's immature. And personally speaking from a normal human being, why would you want to piss off some cops? I mean, they're the ones that have the authority. You've got jack shit when it comes to that. And I'm certainly they can figure out something to arrest you for, if not talking on your cell phone. And why would you want to make an enemy of somebody that can make your life a living fucking hell? Like, it That's just, just my personal opinion. I don't, I don't spend my time thinking of ways I to was, piss off people of authority. I was thinking of a Simpsons episode where, uh, where Mr. Burns hires a bunch of ringers to play on his softball team. 
and he ends up getting like Steve Sachs, uh, and he gets pulled over by the Springfield cops, and they're like, "Well, I think we can account for every unsolved murder in New York at this time." <laughs> just yeah, by, I mean, like, just why, why would you put them. your name on that list? You know, why even get yourself to a place where they might be like, "Well, this person's on my shit list." So, I mean, I, I. Not to turn this into a bigger issue, because I'm sure there are many, many wonderful, wonderful cops out there, but I know a lot of really douchey cops, and I would really not want to be on their list. Yeah, I think everybody's got good cop and bad cop stories. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate the bad ones give a bad name to the good ones, but it it happens. Well, that happens everywhere. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody has negative uh, customer service stories about their cell phone company, but I I think I'm a good guy. You are. There's there's good and bad everywhere you look in the world. <laughs> All right. Now that I've cleaned up, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> How dare you, It was Jared. my son's fault, so. It's okay. Um, everything is not broken, you so it's okay. stay on task from now on, Samson. Yeah, I'll, I'll get right on that. So, Emily. Yes. What's new with you this week? What's going on? What, what things you're happy for, angry about? What's pissing you off? What's making you happy? Talk to me. Anything in general? There is something Hope's dreams crushed, realized. Well, there is something that's pissing me off, but I'm not going to name any names or say anything too specific because it's still very much happening. Yes, yes. But Go on. This very, is a very good friend of mine. Yes. Recently ended a relationship with a, a person who all, everyone shall remain nameless, but a person who uh, did something pretty shitty, and I'm a little pissed about that. Oh, really? Yes. This person was in a long-term relationship with another person. Who just neglected to mention the fact that he's been married? Oh, for a very long time. Oh, children. oh. So you know, it's one of those things that it really fucking sucks. And again, yeah. not going into any details because it's still very much in the process of happening. Well, and, understandable, uh, but that that's kind of something shitty to deal with during this week. That's that's yeah. That's I'm no not good. happy about it. I'd really like to go, you know, beat him up for lack of a better uh, expression, but. It is February. Yes. There is cheap airfare to that part of the country. Yeah, I'm not spending that much money. <laughs> I, if you live in the area, I would definitely, definitely beat him up. So that's 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 a thing. That that really sucks. Other See, than that, I don't um, under I don't my understand. My son causes a lot of trouble, but other than that, you know, like, why okay. why beat him up when an anonymous phone call to his wife will solve the problem? Well, that happened too. Oh, but she didn't seem very surprised. Mm. So Ooh. I don't. Yeah, that wasn't good enough. It, it seems like there's more is necessary, mm. but. I mean, I'd like, you know, I don't want to wind up in prison. All right, so let me go get like my hood and my quiver. Job, but. Jeremy? We're what? talking about things that have gone yeah, on this week that yeah. are on your like, mind. Like, let's get the, uh, you got anything special, happy, fun, bad, anything that's pissing you off? What, 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 like, what, as, as Peter Griffin would say, yeah, what's grinding your gears? Well, I mean, honestly, nothing really. I no? I'm heavily involved in politics. That's my thing. Oh. We don't discuss politics on the dis- show. But I don't discuss my job. We don't discuss work. Discuss absolutely. Politics here, so. no, or politics. That's fine. But anything uh, in particular that's, if not, that's, what is that? No, but like, if there's nothing, there's nothing. That's quite okay. I got to say everything's fine with me. That's I good, mean, man. Honestly. You haven't broken yourself this week. That's a positive. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I have a history of injuries as it is. Yes, that's true. But that's true. Uh, nothing, nothing really bad this week. That's I good. Say. Steve, what about you, man? Anything? Uh, yeah, pretty much uh, par for the course. Just uh, That's good, man. Uh, things are pretty status quo with me, too. That, I mean, uh, you, you know, I kind of look at life in general as a uh, pretty good week when the status quo doesn't really 
go too high or too low. I mean, it's always good when something great happens, but I'm always the kind of person that's waiting for the bad thing to come around to even everything out. It's better to be middle of the road than shitty. Right, exactly. So, Jeremy, one thing that we kind of got into earlier that I'd love to discuss again. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. We're going there. Let's talk about the Gamergate. Why don't you break oh, it down? God. Okay, guys. I mean, do you really want to talk about this? I mean, I do. I have opinions. I I want to. I want to hear you guys' opinions. Well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit it into this uh, clip later on, into this episode later on, when we had the when I just had the mic on and let you and Emily. Oh yeah, I'm gonna edit that into it and let you and Emily just go at each other's throats. Oh yeah, it was good times. Okay. But you and I talked about it when we did the uh, did the show with Nick and Jonah, off off of Mike, but. Mm And anybody, I, I guess we don't have to get into the whole basis of what Gamergate really is. Why, why don't you give it, Jeremy, give it a give it a 30-second synopsis of what's going on, and then I want to say something about it, and then we'll kind of get into it. Okay, a quick synopsis is, essentially, a female game designer was dating a, um, supposedly, an editor of, at Kotaku. Okay. And supposedly, favorable game ratings that weren't warranted came out as a result. What's Kotaku? It is a gaming magazine, yes? Yes. Yep. Okay. And they do game reviews and yep. uh, basically influences the purchases of people that haven't Absolutely. bought the game yet. Yep. Kotaku is a place that you would go to look for reviews on games. And you generally, like as a gamer, you would generally go there and respect those people's opinions because they are gamers. It's not like, oh, hey, I'm IGN.com. and give or take like Rotten Tomatoes for video games? Pretty much. Pretty much. So essentially what happened from that is it became a huge Gamergate, hashtag Gamergate controversy where it became, as the catchphrase of the, uh, the Gamergate movement is, it's about ethics and gaming journalism. Okay. Now, what sprouted as a result of that is it became a huge conflict between Gamergaters and anti-Gamergaters, okay, each so with their own hashtag. Here's, here's, here's a question. Here's a question. I think, I think this is a very important point to make. What is a gamer gator and an anti gamer gator? Gamer gators, and this is speaking from an anti side. Sure. So I will say my per, my perception is biased. It is a first of all is a protection of what they view as ethics in gaming, which is uh, a reaction against what supposedly happened in the first place. Okay. Supposedly reviewing biased uh, biased reviews of games. Okay. And. It's also, in essence, a conflict of gamergators, which is protecting of what they view as their subculture of gaming, okay. and versus SJWs, which okay. are basically it's a shortened term at social ju- social justice warriors. Usually refers okay. to left wing uh, feminist or liberal archetypes that have a uh, have a basically a reaction against everything that might be viewed as discriminatory. Okay, so so we've got the so we're getting the synopsis here. So what is the okay, so we have this thing, we have this we have this argument on the internet, which everybody knows is never yeah. re, never really results in anything. But what is the socioeconomic thing that's being affected by this little battle? The problem that's really happening is as opposed to usual conflicts of opinion where one side will state their point, another side will state another, and it'll end eventually because, frankly, we all operate in news cycles and people lose their uh, lose their attention spans over time. Right. It's got it's taken an I hate to say a nefarious turn in that because people on both sides are very technologically savvy, 
they can do such things as doxing or sw- even swatting to basically take revenge on people for criticizing their Explain what those two things are. Doxing is basically collecting all public information of someone on the Internet, which, as you all know, everything you have, everything you're about, everything you've done on the Internet is documented and available for view, although it's hard to find. It's basically taking all that information and publishing it on one specific location for the purposes of harassing that person. Now, swatting is a basically it's something that happens as a result of doxing. It's calling the SWAT team on a person that is uh, basically in opposition to your point of view. You call the police department at that person's hometown and say that there is a hostage situation. I am basically in my basement. I have this person in a chair. I will shoot them if I see anything resembling a police officer without X amount of dollars. What results as a, usually as a function of this is the SWAT team kicks in your door, usually while you're playing games and are viewable by the public, and, and basically takes you in for questioning. And the danger of that is, is that if anyone kicks in my door or in a lot of other people's doors without knowing it's the police, there can... It, could lead to a violent situation where somebody can get fucking shot. And that's where I became an anti-gamigator is because this is happening to people that are criticizing the Gamergate movement. And it's it's really a terrifying situation because not only can it lead, My husband is smart. Not only can it lead to more swatting and doxing of people, it can lead to regulation of the internet, which I am terrified of. I fully believe in a free and open internet and this threatens what I believe in. Makes perfect sense. So the question then becomes... It's far more logical than I thought you capable of, buddy. Yeah, especially from Big Dumb Jack. So You guys should know that I'm not, by any standards, a gamer. I'm still working on a Assassin's Creed 1. <laughs> okay? I, I'm still working on, De- on um, Dead Rising 1. Right. I never play video games, so it's not really fair for me to criticize but the movement. I'm criticizing the You effect. like video games. You just also have a full-time job, a wife and a son, and a house. So, you know, you play them when you have time to play them, which unfortunately isn't very often. Yeah, I'm, I'm not but part of But if you didn't have subculture. a full-time job, a wife and a son, you could play them whenever you wanted. I'd be working on fucking motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my, big, my big issue with this entire thing, I think, kind of falls under the same issue you have. I don't like the thought process of regulating the internet at all agreed the internet is a place for free and open communication you're able to put as much vile things on it as you want and if you do it inside of a country if you you post something inside of a country that has regulations on what you're posting then you need to answer for those specific regulations yeah such as child pornography threats against government things like that now there are some countries that don't have anything like that and if you post stuff like that in those countries, that's on them to regulate you. At the same time, when you talk about the access to the Internet, the usage of the Internet and things like that, I would rather treat the Internet like the five miles offshore to where it's just it's nasty. I mean, if somebody wants to take ownership of it and try and keep things civil, I understand. But regulation in general on the Internet is just wholeheartedly wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, it's I mean, the reason that this is even an issue is because there are people that are trying to make it an issue. I think that 
this whole Gamergate thing is happening, and from what I understand, the antis that are very vocal about it on the internet with their hashtags and, you know, whatever. Well, they're, with, they're, with their hashtags. Well, they're claiming ownership. And they're the Twitters. It's not just people talking like we're talking here. It's people that are making their hashtags. Uh, they're tagging their stuff. They're, they're saying, right. like, this is what I believe, and I want it to be heard. And Understandably, yeah. I, the more you call attention to an issue, the more it becomes an issue. And I think that when it comes down to it, this is just – it means – to, to me, anyhow, this means absolutely nothing. It's an issue amongst a small group of people, and they got really upset about something that, let, let's be honest, happens frequently. People sleep with people. People get information. It's not a great idea, but it fucking happens. And, you know, there are people who are making it more than it is, and now it's becoming this thing that could be Internet regulation. Like, just, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's all over the Internet. People, man, meet up in person with people and have a, have a fucking conversation. So what you're saying is let it go? Yeah. Let it go. Song. Let it go. Yeah. Or like <laughs> meet up and have like a punch out fest. You know, don't just like don't just over the internet. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying put the mic in your mouth. I'm saying put it closer to your it's mouth. It's not, Jared. No, 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 no. You, I'm, I'm, I was looking at the levels. You should put it closer. Oh, I thought you meant I was having it too close. No, you no, you no, no, ma'am. <laughs> All right, anyhow. And I'm so. not trying to be pervy. I just think you should put it more towards your I mouth. Gotcha, so. I don't want you to steve it up. So no, I I just think that. People yeah, make things a, a verb, really big deal. It. It's, it's like, you know, like on, <laughs> you uh, now. everybody has to step back when it comes to the Internet, myself included. I mean, I'm involved in a bunch of like buy, sell Facebook pages. Just, you know, I'm all, I watch if something's going to pop up every now and then I might right. be interested in. But it's like someone will post something for sale and then there's like fucking 35 death threats on it because somebody said something about somebody's charged too much for this and I could get this. And it's like. Dude, this is the internet. Like, yeah. it's a this, wild this west, man. I, but but to I, anybody, I think uh, Steve. I don't know if you agree with me, but I personally feel that the internet should be left alone, like the wild west. It should. Let dude, it, it regulate should. itself. And if you're gonna get get really sucked into that, you know what? You made a mistake. You got to deal with it, and then moving on along after you're out of it. Right. There have been here and there where I've gotten involved in something online that I'm like, whoa, I shouldn't have gotten involved in that. And you know what? I put it to bed. I move along. Absolutely. And and this is this is no different to me. I mean, and. The whole, like, the Jeremy sort of mentioned that this, like, some feminist groups were upset about this or something. Sure. I, I don't really know the details firsthand. I'm only going right. off of what my husband said. But I it's I don't even want to open a can of worms. But there was nothing wrong with feminists. Feminists, from what I understand, are just people that believe that women are people and have a right. And I, obviously, I'm a woman. So, however. Obviously. However, I'm not jumping around yelling that, like men are ruling my life and this is an oligarchy and like i mean seriously like my opportunities are fucking fine and i just right. i don't i don't feel the need to like jump into every conversation and yeah, say that, i mean it makes sense say and say that i'm being discriminated against because most of the time i'm not uh-huh i've had very few times in my life where i felt like i was listened to less because i was a woman right and so i think that that gets exaggerated in some situations and this might be one of them i don't hey, know hey it makes sense to me so what do you what do you think, Steve? I mean, does, does this does this have any bearing on anything you do? Does this bother right. you? Make you think let's, of anything? Or? All right. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to the core thing. Um, if this gaming developer was was dating uh, an editor for a website or right. whatever the people actually were, um, if they were dating before they had those current positions, I don't I don't see it as an issue, especially with the video game community. And just uh, from my perspective in retail in general, reviews in a magazine aside, if something sucks, you're going to know it sucks whether or not the reviews say it's right, good or exactly. bad. Exactly. There's, there's some sense to 
So, okay, this girl's banging this guy, and he gives her a video game that she developed a 9.5 review. If it's a 7 game, you're going to know it's a 7 game before you ever go to pick it up because they'll be... played the damn thing anyway. Right. So it's like with, with especially services like Gamefly and the ability to demo games before they're even released, the the spark to this controversy, I think, is is something in question. Okay, so that's just what they wanted to do to kick off their, you know, little tirade here. If you want to talk about ethics and journalism, there's a lot more stuff that you can talk about than fucking Seriously? Gamergate. Well, that's I, that's this, this is an issue that is going to hit men and women hook up. This is going to happen here right. and there and everywhere throughout the history. So, and it's, it's, it's just to me, it's not that much of an issue. Right. It happens. It's, and, ba- it's, it's bad ethics, but it happens. And the thing of it is, is, okay, so that... Uh, you know that particular developer and that you know employee of that website or editor or whatever he is should be you know suspended or fined or whatever is going to end up happening to them for a breach of ethics code and that would uh, essentially take care of that part of the situation now as far as all of these um for lack of a better term we'll call them trolls the people who do the doxing and the swatting that's just a, a ridiculously extreme reaction to their point of view. Um, I happen to think that if they weren't doing it about video games, they'd be doing it about something else because people who are messed up in the head are going to express their messed up in the head views in one way, shape, or form or another. I think that there should be some severe penalties if they get busted doing that. Like, I call a SWAT team to go kick down your door and you catch me. I don't see that as being a positive situation. So I don't understand that extreme reaction for something because um, I haven't gamed in probably in probably two years. Um, the last two games I bought were uh, Dead Space 3 and Aliens Colonial Marines. I'm still working on Dead Space 1. <laughs> well, you're not very quick. It's okay. You're pretty, though, so don't worry about it. It's okay. Fuck you, Jared. So, you know, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't done any kind of... of quote-unquote hardcore gaming for a very long time so that's kind of irrelevant to me uh if we want to bring it into the internet regulation conversation uh no i am absolutely for free and open um free and open internet um you know the the stories that i read i've i don't think i've ever commented on a story even some of the bizarre stupid ones that i've seen i could never understand the point of me typing a two-sentence blast saying, oh, you're stupid, and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, I have my own opinion. It's going to affect my buying decisions. If I have that strong of an opinion on something, I'm going to discuss it with the people in my life that I care about, not the unknown masses of the Internet. Do you feel that gaming is a subculture? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. It is. Yeah. Do you think it has an ability, or do you think it has the right to defend itself against those it considers not a part of the gaming subculture. Not in no. that not no. in that way. No, I, I don't think so. In no. any way, in criticizing... No, like, be, because the, the reason I say no is because that gaming culture exists solely on the internet, and my opinion is that the internet is the Wild West. So if you have a gang of people that want to try and take over some farm or whatever, and they want to try and, you know... If, you, if you're really trying to extrapolate it out to the old Wild West, if that's my opinion... They have the right to do what they think is right, but if it affects a government or local 
organization's ability to operate, that local government has the right to then pursue them for legal action. Well, it's and I'm sure that if they could trace that, they would. Right. The question is, do you think that, uh, for example, if someone writes an anti-Gamergate article and someone, you know, comments on it via, you know, a kind of a comment that's out of bounds, a sexist statement, a sure. rape comment, do you right. think that, do you think, I'm not saying if you think it's okay. You go into uh, the HTML code and you remove the comment. Twitter doesn't do that shit. You should know that right now. Uh, Twitter does not block users nearly as much as they should for those comments. But do you think that those comments, under the concept of free and open internet, are should be allowed? Or do you yes. think that? Okay. I do. Yeah, I mean it. It falls into the First Amendment and freedom of speech. It doesn't mean that. I mean, just because you have the right to say every, something doesn't mean that you should. But it's going to happen. Right. I mean, and even if I don't agree with what you're saying, you have the right to exactly. say exactly that. That's I mean, I, I'm pretty hardcore when it comes to that whole concept of freedom of speech. I really, really, truly believe it. I mean, you have, you know, people say, well, what if somebody else fire in a movie theater? Well, that's a little bit different. That's a that's yeah. a local government issue. Type that's thing, inciting you know? a riot. Right. That's that that you're not going to get yeah. nailed on the freedom of speech and you're getting nailed on something else. But I believe that people have the right to say what they want to say whenever they want to say it. However, I believe that you as a person have the right and the responsibility to deal with the repercussions from what you say. Remember, the Internet is forever. Your future boss might be a hardcore feminist. Did you guys uh, did you guys believe in one word like responsibilities when you were a kid? Like, for example, if you were the first to yell food fight in the cafeteria, you'd be held responsible for the results. No, I totally did. I totally didn't do anything interesting because I believed every single one of those kind of things. Yeah, I, I believe that. See, and I'm the kind of guy to where I've, I've been involved in a few food fights through my uh, through my school career. And I believe that everybody that participated deserved a portion of the blame because just because you get hit with mashed potatoes doesn't mean you need to whip your whip your milkshake at somebody were you ever the first to throw the food never quick ask me a second question did i ever throw food i'm sure you did i did not you did not i did not i, I totally would have given the opportunity nope I'm i never i never did man. i was involved i was there i was i was a bystander didn't leave the scenario but i never never raised my food in anger at somebody because I was a fat little kid, so I wanted all my food in my mouth. <laughs> Agreed, actually. I, mean, <laughs> I used to steal my friend's food, and he, th- he actually tried to bite us once. <laughs> yep. This, this food fight made me think of the story. It's a little bit of a sidetrack. but I think Get closer that, on the mic. I think that kids get punished too harshly for things that kids are kids. Like, kids do stupid shit because they're not right. adults. Like, when I was in, I don't even know, third grade, second grade, I was young. Right. I had, I went to St. Jude's and Harvey. It was pretty, South Holland area. It was a pretty small school. And okay. uh, check your Robinson West territory. I had a, <laughs> I had Oreos or something that day. My and, dad taught in South and Harvey. And one of my wow. friends asked me for an Oreo, and I was like, "Oh, if you want an Oreo, you have to." I don't know. We're like me and my friend, you know, dance on the table or do the hula or you know, we were just saying stupid right. shit just because we were bored. And then I. I think it was me. I'm not even 100% sure that said, oh, you have to kiss John if you want an Oreo. Because Matt and John were, were really good friends. And it was not meant to be anything. Like, we were young kids. Right. And, um, and he goes, 
And I was fully intending and in giving him the damn Oreo. And he right. goes, okay. And I was like, really? All right. Like, I thought he would just say, like, no, you know, and that would be it. And then, like, it became this big bet. And, he, and like, then he and John got married. No, that's not the way this ended. Is. <laughs> but it, was, it just turned into this huge thing because it was like, everyone's like, oh, you're a chicken if you don't do it. And then if you do it, you're gay. And so he, like, chased him down on the playground and kissed him. And it was this horrible situation because there are these kids that got boxed into if you don't do it, you're a chicken shit, and if you do it, you're gay. And it was just right. over a freaking Oreo. And and then I got and sent you to started some, all of it. Like, this big <laughs> deal. There was, like, a, this trial with all the teachers and the school what? board and me. And I was like, guys, I really, really did not intend for this. I'll give him the Oreo like, right now. Just, the whole box. How, how old are you in second grade? I don't even know. I was just the kid that was bored, and we were just – playing stupid games and uh it turned into this this huge deal about all these things that you don't think about when you're that age right and and that really opened my eyes as a kid to like you can't just say things without expecting consequences and right it was but it was it was a lot of it was a big lesson for a child to learn yeah absolutely but it's but at the same time i feel like people are too harsh on kids nowadays because they are no matter how much things matter in life kids are kids we, and they don't mean what we, we think they mean a lot of the times we talked about it a couple uh i think like two episodes ago if you count this one a couple episodes ago about like how i'm dealing with stuff with connor and mara being in school that like just like the games change from it when has we were kids it completely. has especially with the internet now oh yeah it's like the things they can and can't say like what like remember when we were going to school and like there was like the zero tolerance yeah, policies absolutely. that weren't that weren't like really zero tolerance. No, it's worse now. It's so much now worse they now. mean like zero tolerance on stuff and it's insane. I mean, I get it. It's good for everybody. Fine, I'm I'm with you. But at the same time, the it's kids like holy are cow. kids. And kids are gonna do one of the it's another thing I did. Apparently I just did a lot of stupid things without realizing it. I used to it's I'll, I'll see if I can help help me describe this. I'll show you too. I used to play horse. On my on my desk, and I'd have like my middle finger up like the horse's neck and head, and my forefingers like the horse's legs, and I constantly got told. I wish you guys could see this. This is fucking horrible. Stop doing that! And I'm this like, the why? Worst ho- it's a horse, and I'm like, you know, nay, it's a horse. Really resembles. And they were like telling me like I don't like the message you're sending, and I don't. She appreciate just that. flipped and all I really, this off un- inadvertently. I, I, Hundred percent. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I, I didn't know oh the middle God. finger meant what it meant. I had absolutely. I got talked to about it for months, and for months I had. I was so clueless. I was undisciplinable because I was so clueless as to what I was right. doing wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. And finally, my my thing. My they, my parents got talked to about it, and they told me, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I, I legitimately had absolutely no clue. I was flipping people off. No effing clue whatsoever. That reminds me. Um, we were in grade school when the first Gulf War broke out. Yes. And yep. um, I remember drawing pictures of like, you know, bomber planes and tanks and stuff like that in my notebook one day. And I had to had to talk to a counselor for three weeks after that. Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. Holy cow. All, all I remember, I have, I have a couple like big things that happened to me throughout the years that that have been like major major things that popped up like when i was in high school columbine happened okay and prior to columbine happening me and my buddy me and my buddy would play duke nukem 3d in a in a replicate a replication of the uh high school that, that we were at so we're sitting there playing a first person shooter in our high school every day and then Columbine happens and we have to like shut it down completely. We had guys that were playing with everything. We had to like shut it down, delete everything that ever happened. So that was kind of nuts. 
one because like we like we worked really hard on it to make it right and make it fun and everything. So, but we like had a complete replica of the school in a first person shooter. Uh, we figured it was a bad idea to have that during that thing. Yeah, that sounds like a, yeah. a that was such a jarring incident. So we sh- so so we well, shut yeah, that especially, down, especially to the kid who wore black t shirts every day. I got right, and I, I had looked at I had differently after that. And, and like, yeah, I mean, so I had that, and then the other thing that I had happen to me is that not happened to me but just happened in my life is that i had to take a creative writing class i think my junior year of high school and i wrote a manifesto of how i would take over the world okay so i i wrote okay here's what i would do here like my creative writing project yeah i I wrote wrote, here's what i do here's how i would take power here's how i would usurp the current government this is what i would do is this something we need to read now for future reference i think it's still on file at the school People came to talk to me about and it. And the local police department. Right. Like, so I'm sitting there. I, I've written this thing, and I've got teachers and principals going, so, hey, how's it going? Are you okay? I'm like, it was a creative writing assignment. It's it's not that big of a deal. Don't worry about it. I got an Anna. The teacher gave me, he goes, the teacher actually goes, hey, if you ever get the money to buy the first island, I'm on board with you, man. I'm on board. I'm like, holy cow. You shouldn't tell a 17-year-old kid that, ever. It's, it's just it's emblematic how much Columbine was like a turning point for the school system, our childhoods, everything. I mean, before Absolutely. then, everything was innocent. Everything was, you could talk about certain things. And right, you could wear what taken, you wanted to wear. Yeah, you, can, you wouldn't be taken seriously, yeah, but there was, a, there was a serious talk about us going to uniforms after that. Yeah, us too, uh, big time. It was like it's it's just one of the things that was a collective death of our innocence of our of our generation. I mean, right. things are never going to be the same as they were before Columbine. I know it smells, but you got to go. This is adult conversation. You can't be here, buddy. I know they're all still on. Thank you. Yeah. So, Steve, oh, dude, I'm really taking this down. Steve, you ready to put on your Columbo hat? Oh, do I need to get my badge out? Get get the badge out, Steve. All right, I got it. Get the badge. You got it? Yep. You got the hat? I don't do hats. No, well, just just the badge? I don't do Columbo hats, at least. What about, what about like a Sherlock Holmes hat? Mm. Magnifying glass? Do I get a pipe? Yes. Yeah, if oh, you, okay. you'd have to have one, actually. Sweet. Yeah, well, let me totally. go grab it real quick. I got, I got pipes up there. Um, nice. So did you, see, did you see the link that I sent you earlier about... The Florida thing that I was talking about. No. Did you read it at all? Nope. Did you read the headline at all? Mm, probably not. Okay. When did you send this? Okay. So, anyway. So, here's the Colombo thing. I'm going to give you some facts. You're going to tell me what happened. Facts or speculative facts? No, these are facts. Okay. 31-year-old female. Okay. A couple's car. $1,500 in damage. Oh, God. Was what the, happened? Was the thirty-one-year-old female hit by a car? She was not. She was the aggressor in this situation. Did she jump up on top of the car? She did. <laughs> nice, uh, and caused physical damage and irreparable psychological harm to the couple. How did you come You're... up with jump on top of the car? How else is she going to do damage to it if she didn't get hit by it? And yes, yeah, she did psychological and physical damage to the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Was she, like, crossing the street and they almost hit her and she, like, attacked them? Nope. 
Okay. How, more, how did the more, damage more, help? More extreme or less extreme? More extreme. Okay. Okay. Was she, was she under the influence of narcotics? Let me give you a hint. She was under the influence of narcotics. Okay. However, the people that were in the vehicle did nothing to her to make her do this. Okay. So she just went batshit crazy. Yes. And, and what did she do to cause $1,500 worth of damage? I would have have to assume there'd be must have broken a window or a mirror or something. So this story is from Up Rocks by Stacy Ritson from two eighteen twenty fifteen. And Steve, can you tell me where this story happened? Uh, I'm gonna guess Florida. Florida, the armpit of America. Second worst state in the union. <laughs> so Up Rocks says the woman in the above mugshot, 31-year-old Amy Carter, probably just threw a wrench in a potential career as a Laura Prepon impersonator by freaking out in the middle of traffic naked, masturbating in the street, and climbing onto the roof of an unsuspecting couple's car. We've all been there, guys. <laughs> Let's not judge. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. What? Go on. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this girl kind of looks like Laura Prepon, you know. For like, those who don't know, that's the, red, that again? the Laura, redhead from that 70s show. That 70s show, and she's also, um, Max, no thank you. That's okay, he can, he, no, he can take it back, he can take it back, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, fine. So. Okay, so what happened was, is this lady, so as I said, she freaked out in the middle of traffic, naked, masturbated in the street and climbed around on the roof of an unsuspecting couple's car causing around $1,500 worth of damage. So, and as the story says, just another sunny day in Florida. Responding to a 911 call about a reported naked woman climbing on top of cars and walking in traffic, cops found Carter attempting to mount a vehicle stopped at a traffic light. After officers wrestled in an uncooperative car to the, out of to the find roadway. attempting to mount while you're naked in the street. That you means really exactly a, that. A, any further explanation there, Steve? Yep. Because it seems pretty... Oh, my they God. They secured her in, a ha- in handcuffs and covered her in a blanket. Must have, uh, must have broken the GPS satellite on the roof of the car. Sarah Carlson, a passenger in the Lexus, told police that Carter approached the vehicle and fondled herself in front of the car before climbing on the auto. Carter then allegedly started stomping on the vehicle's hood, said Carlson, who added that Carter also threw a cell phone at the car behind the Lexus. It should come as no surprise that Carter was reportedly under the influence of a some sort of unknown substance and, quote, appeared in an altered mental state, displaying extremely irrational and volatile behavior. <laughs> so she was Where's naked? the irrational and volatile de- de- behavior there? I mean, she was naked in the street masturbating with her cell phone. How is this different from Florida? Yeah, so this Florida chick decided to... Is that even a crime in Florida? Apparently, when you destroy a Lexus... Oh, there you go. Yeah, if, it had, if it had been like a Ford F-150 or something, it probably wouldn't have made a big deal. Yeah, it'd be kind of hard to climb on the roof of that. I mean, on the hood. So that's my Florida story for the week. And I got to ask you this question. What would you do if you're that person? So you're in the vehicle, right? You're sitting there. You're in the driver's seat. Back up. This chick... Buck naked, jumps on the hood of your hood of your car and starts diddling. What do you do? Hit the windshield washers. <laughs> <laughs> very, very logical. Very logical. Steve, what do you do? Back the fuck up. 
My my answer would be slamming in reverse and just mad it to the floor. Oh wow! Did you hear that story, Emily? <laughs> Long and short of this, wow! Florida woman gets naked, jumps on a Lexus in the middle of an intersection, diddles herself, and causes fifteen hundred dollars worth of damage. Lexuses are sexy, I gotta say. Naked on a car. That would be where an intersection no, is, yes, in public. So what do you do as the driver of that vehicle where this naked chick jumps on? Immediately, what? 911. So you just sit there. You just sit there and park while she diddles herself on your hood. To be honest with you, I don't know what I would do. Because, I mean, the, the instinct is probably to, like, get her off your fucking car. You got to record it, don't you? Then you're going to – but then you could, I mean, kill somebody or seriously injure somebody and get sued. So – I would probably be like, I would probably just call 911 and be like, there is a naked woman on my vehicle, and I'd probably get out of my car and probably take oh, a picture no. for evidence. I would, I would <laughs> fucking lock, <laughs> them. I would lock, lock those doors for so quote-unquote evidence. I fucking believe you guys? I mean, who is going to see a woman doing that and be like, yeah, that happened? Hopefully like, the rest exactly. of the people in traffic. I would, jump out of, I would probably call the cops, jump out of my car, grab a quick pic, and then like just walk away. <laughs> walk away. <laughs> <laughs> See my my luck would be as I would I would I would snap think, I would think this was my day way. hashtag my bad day. <laughs> my see Jared I'm in the I'm in the boat with you about you know hitting reverse and going but now I'm thinking you know if she fell off my hood and broke her skull I'd probably be somehow fucking liable. Yeah. I would just park the car, turn on YouTube, and uh, you know check my Facebook. <laughs> I got things. I I guess I can do. Uh, yeah. Florida. She finished. Florida. That's what happens in Florida all the time. That's why Florida sucks. By the way, if you guys don't understand what I'm telling you, every week, Florida sucks. It's Florida gate. (laughs) So one thing that is amazing happened this week. I think we all as uh, baseball fans can agree is that catchers Catchers and and pitchers reported for both teams this week. Well, Jeremy think, is an unfortunate think, Cubs fan. I think all of the teams reported to spring training. To Whatever, the only two that mattered. So the question then becomes, Jeremy, as we've not been able to ask you this question, he and I, Steve and I have talked about it quite a bit. What is your overall general thought on the whole offseason getting to this point on both teams? I mean, I mean, just go ahead and take a few minutes yourself and just, like, go Brzezicki on it, man. Like personally, I mean, every year is a year of opportunities for us Cubs fans. I think they made a lot of good moves. I really like what they did. I liked their previous moves where they were building the farm system and bringing up some new kids. But personally, I mean, this year is going to be a personal struggle for me in that as opposed to uh, basically Luke and Nick, as we're in, uh, they mentioned their podcast, how they don't hate Cubs fans, how they don't hate the Cubs unless they're playing the Sox. That was not my scenario. I hate the Sox. I hate every single game they play, and I hate their stupid faces. Well, let me, their... let me just say that I'm the one who says that he doesn't hate the Cubs. Nick just chose the Cubs as the better team heading into spring training. Yeah, I, I hate the Sox. And, you know, I'm actually doing a personal journey to not want them to lose every single game that they make. I mean, that they play. Where does this point. irrational hatred come from? You know, where it comes from, Steve, that's a good question you asked that. 2005, <laughs> I was sitting 
I was sitting in my in my dorm room, just minding my own effing business. I get calls from Jared, basically having that stupid foreigner song, Journey song, sorry, Journey, which is also the worst band, uh, played over my phone while they won the World Series, which basically traumatized me for a year. <laughs> I want, and then in 2008, in 2008, my the uh, groomsmen in my wedding, uh, the Cubs had lost to the Dodgers in a particularly bad fashion on that game. And on the next day, ESPN Sports Center had all of the lowlights of the Cubs versus Dodgers game on Sports Center at the same time. I endured an hour of constant shit for the Cubs playing that day on my wedding day. Yeah, uh, pause. Pause. We're discussing the deep-rooted issues of his White Sox hatred. Proceed. Anyway, as a result of that mental torment, I've wanted the Sox to lose every single game, whether with the whether against the Cubs or not against the Cubs, unless they're playing the Yankees, at which point, fuck the Yankees. So you see what's happening here, Jared, is that Jeremy is taking his even deeper-seated hatred of the Cubs and transferring it to White Sox fans because they're better. Stop with your Freudian I, I shit. It's, I want the Cubs to lose all the time, but I'm trying to work on that because they're a Chicago Quoted. team. So as a... As a personal transformation journey, I'm gonna I'm gonna climb to the top of that mountain, All and I'm right. gonna sit there and hope that let me let I me can move past this. Let me ask you this: Give your wife the mic, Jeremy. I was conducting the interview. Thank you. Well, oh, I was just gonna say that I'm not remotely invested in baseball. All my serious boyfriends have been Cubs fans, so I'm all like, "Woo, Cubs!" Because you know, it makes them happy. But I really just like the Bears. 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 Okay, so Jeremy, let me ask you this. You have been quoted as saying that you hate everything Boston, correct? Yes, that is true. How do you feel about the Chicago Cubs becoming the Chicago Red Sox? You know, um, I think a certain purification process happens the second you cross over from Chicago to Boston. Like there's, you know, a chemical shower and a sterilization process, as well as a deep psychological um, what's the word? Cleansing, as it were. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say. So you think Epstein okay has been it. reprogrammed? I'm thinking he has. I see. So you no longer despise him, even though he was in Boston. I no longer despise him because he's on our side, as Luke said. You know, what's Hitler's batting average? He could play for the Cubs. I don't care who they are, where they're from. If they're good, they want to play for the Bears, they want to play for the Cubs, they want to play for the Bulls, go for it. Win. I like to win, and I hate the Sox. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. So uh, to summarize, I don't didn't want to talk about the actual semantics of whether. So you didn't you didn't have any joy at all when we were helping you with your party favors for your weddings, watching game 163 for the White Sox to fight their way into the playoffs. Come on, I take none. no joy from the White Sox. Anything. That's unfortunate. It is. That's just good baseball right there. It's the TWTW. That's the will to win, Steve. Steve, you know what's a great part about a uh, four to two lead. Well, it takes three to beat you. That's right, Stoney. It's my buddy right there. (laughs) 
So, Jeremy, another thing I want to ask you about briefly. What do you think about the Bears' offseason moves? Because Steve doesn't know what the Bears are. So um, I figured it would be a good question for you. Well, they're just big cubs, aren't they? I think Something Steve like should be investigated for anti-American leanings due to his non, non-caring about football. Agreed. Uh, I will say I like the fact hey, they hey, fired Hey, hey, I care about foosball as much as the next guy. Foosball. I like the fact they fired the GM. I like Absolutely. who they hired very much. I yes. think John Fox is a fucking... Ah, what do you think about the what do you think about the GM? A little Ryan Pace action, youngest GM in the league. What do you think, hey man? Dude, coming from the Saints, got a lot. Hey, he's got a winning caliber, I want right? Winners. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that being said, they haven't gotten rid of Brandon Marshall yet, which I think is a problem because you you need to take away Cutler's toys because Cutler is the worst quarterback, and he needs to be false. Cutler is not the worst quarterback. False. Go on. What's um, that glass of whiskey? You need a refill. Yes, he does. Glass it should of whiskey be noted that Jared Sampson is a known Cutler sympathizer. I am a. I, I have a Jay Cutler jersey. I am a Jay Cutler sympathizer. This is true. Jersey stitched on names. I do. I do. Oh my God! You can't blame Jay Cutler's poor decision making and say that I have. Anyway. So, off-season, so let's look at it, right? Let, let, let's break it down. Let's talk about a few things here. My opinion, if you, if you look at the Bears and they, they tore everything out, right? You had the McCaskies going and tear everything out, right? GM. So, here's what I'm going to do. I want a gut reaction answer from you, okay? Like, and we're going to talk A, B, C, D, F on, on position, coaching, things like that, right? GM. Give them a grade. Bears, what they did, picking up Ryan Pace. What would you grade that? A. a? Agreed. I agree. John Fox, head coach. Absolutely. That's kind of my thought process on it too. So now let's look at let's look at John Fox's head coach hires because, as you and I both know, and maybe our listeners do know, is that. Ryan Pace gave John Fox carte blanche to set his coaching team up. Said, you do your thing. I'm going to get you the players. You get the coaches. We're good. Vic Fangio from the San Francisco 49ers, the new defensive coordinator of the Bears. Great it. Right. I love it. See, that's my opinion. Like, like I, I agree with you on that. The Vic Fangio being a B plus because it's like having the personnel that the 49ers have, he was an A coordinator. But at the same time, you come here in a rebuilding type atmosphere, what's he going to do? But I got to give it a B plus. I got to give it a B plus. You're right, they don't. But I like one thing that I think they're going to do is trade Marshall, Forte, all that for picks. No, Forte doesn't need to be here. This you gotta understand, this like this thing, this iteration of the Bears is not looking to go to a championship next year. So they say they are, they're not. They're going to 3-4, so we know what they need. There, there are a lot of good defensive tackles. Anyway, so, so 
Oh, I, like I want to talk about it so much because like you understand, but l- l- let me let me pull it back. Let me pull it back. Okay, back to what we're doing. Adam Gase, offensive coordinator. How do you grade it? So you so here's the question. I think that's the more important thing. Do you believe that Adam Gase is a product of Peyton Manning? Or Peyton Manning in Denver is a product of Adam Gase? I think mostly Adam Gase is a product of Peyton Manning. How could you see I, and I can't argue that. Until he prove until he takes until God hoping he takes Jake because sorry, Bears fans, guess what? Your quarterback next year is Jay Cutler. Whether you want him or not, there's nobody better to get, and that's what's going to happen. So, swallow it, deal with it. He's not going anywhere. Nobody will pick him up. Nobody's going to take him in a trade. That's your quarterback next year. He may be cut the year after because they can get out from underneath the cap then. Next year, he's your quarterback. So, if you can watch Adam Gase turn Jay Cutler into what you want out of a quarterback... What what I mean? Do you, do you do you retroactively like grade him an A? Okay. Could be, yeah. Trustman, yeah. Right. Do you do you want to think like I I called it the the I went to the Bears game the week that they sat Cutler and played Clawson, okay. And I told my dad when I went to that I go look I said you know what's going on right now he goes what I said I said Mark Trustman is auditioning for a offensive coordinator position right now. He he went, you know what? Management told me I'm out after this year. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the quarterback that I want to play and play him and show you how much how he is no different than the quarterback that we have that we paid 100 million dollars to. I have no doubt he made a mistake. Absolutely. So with the thought process of the Bears going to a 3-4 base defense, now it doesn't mean they're always going to be in a 3-4, but that means that their, their base defense is going to be a 3-4. One, Steve, do you know what a 3-4 defense is? Sure don't. Okay, so a 3-4 defense, I figured this would be kind of good to bring everybody into the uh, picture on, is that you have three defensive linemen and four linebackers. So you have a big nose tackle in the middle, two defensive ends that can take the uh, – Offensive linemen, because you generally are playing four offensive linemen to five offensive linemen against four defensive linemen. And then you have a linebacking core of three. So in the three, four, you flip that and you go three offensive, three defensive linemen and four linebackers. So you have a bit more speed. It's a bit more getting after the quarterback, all play, every play, just going after the quarterback. It's an aggressive defense. Do we have the talent pool for that? No. No. Not right now. <laughs> but 
they have the number seven pick in the draft. And what they're targeting, from what I've heard through uh, local Chicago media, is that they are targeting a beast of a defensive tackle that is going to be the uh, nose tackle for this That's defense. what I saw as well. Uh, awesome defensive tackle. Which is the guy on the defensive Six, eight, line. like 340 or something. He runs He's after like, the quarterback, Steve. That's okay, so does one key person out of those seven make that big of a difference? In a 3-4 defense, yes, he does. In a 3-4, if you have the right nose tackle, if you have Warren Sapp on your line, yes, it makes that big of a difference. What happens when he goes down? Then you have a horrible defense. <laughs> what do we have now? A horrible defense. <laughs> Look... The fact of the matter, Steve, is if you give up 50 points a game, you should lose your job. If you lose it, if you give up 50 points twice in a row, you should lose your job and then be beaten publicly. Fact. Uh, the four three wasn't working. Nothing was working. Basically, the only reason we would stop an offense is they would get tired of scoring points. Yeah, us. that's pretty much the exact same, exact right fact. So. I'm happy with the uh, – we got the defensive coach. I mean, we got the head coach, John Fox. We got our defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. We got our offensive coordinator, little Adam Gase. Whoa, boy. Max coming in here, seeing what's going on. Whoa. So, I'm excited about the Bears' future. What do you think, Jeremy? What, what, okay. So, you and I talked about it briefly earlier. So, if you had the choice – Give me a give me your answer and a let's limit it to thirty seconds reaction as to why you would pick this person over the other. If both quarterbacks fall to number seven, which they're not, so you, those of you may not know there are two quarterbacks this this uh, draft that may that are worth drafting: Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. You have two of them that may possibly fall to number seven based on the way things will go. Jeremy. The question is, one, at number seven, if both are available, who do you pick? Second question is, if both are available and you're picking at seven, do you trade the number seven pick to get another number one? And, like, do you, do you trade your pick then? I would say don't take either one. Okay. Uh, because, frankly, I hate, I hate Cutler. I think he's stupid. But he's the best option we have, and... You don't want to build around an entirely new offense with an entirely new quarterback. It's not going to happen. Exactly. So what we do is we take a good defensive tackle. Seven so pick. you trade. So you trade out of the seven slot and get a defensive tackle. I would do that. Yeah. So you would you would pass on both quarterbacks and get a pick and more picks for that pick. Obviously, astounding athleticism for both of them. I wouldn't take either one. Right. If it were me. I would honestly say I would take Jameis Winston. If I if they were both there, if they were both there, because in my opinion, as a as a as a franchise, you have to swing at quarterbacks. You know, I gotta agree with you. I think that you would agree with this because as he threw eighteen interceptions, he he would be right in Cutler's wheelhouse. You're throwing right. Interceptions. You're right. He's like a black color. It's perfect. So he's like your guy. It's my guy. It's perfect. He's also. It seems to be an idiot. So. I I think that he's right in your area of You're right. possible I gotta, quarterbacks. I already have my jersey on order. I do. <laughs> so, Steve, I think we need to talk about the uh, worst Football, thing. Steve, is a game where some guys play one on either side, offense and defense, and they throw the ball. The objective is to have the same guy from your team catch the ball. 
The same guy who throws it? That doesn't make any sense. You know, if you're uh, if you're Mariota, he might have to do that. <laughs> Steve actually did pretty well in the uh, fantasy. Fo- I had him in fantasy football last year. He actually did a pretty good job. I don't want to talk about fantasy f- sports to you guys. Why? I'm, I'm just going to say horrible things. Oh, fantasy sports is the best. Whatever. Um, what's the, what's the next topic? Next topic was how bad group texting sucks. Oh. I do despise group texting with the fury of a thousand sons. And if anybody that is listening to this wants to group text me, I know I'm probably going to get group texted if you have my text number on your phone, and I hate you for it. However, I hate you because group texting is the worst thing that's ever happened in this lifetime. It's not good for anybody. Keep in mind, anybody who group texts me out of spite, I do work for a cell phone company, and I can do bad things to you. So these two like group testing a lot. Um, I think it's the worst thing to be done on a smartphone ever by anybody. Yeah, you're the one that group texts me and Steve. Oh, yeah, because I like to annoy you guys. Oh, so it's it's completely out of just spite is what you're saying? Let it not be said that I'm not a hypocrite. (laughs) Clearly intentional. That's amazing. I am a complete hypocrite and will do things that I hate to other people on a daily basis. So so what we're what we're all saying is as a group is that group texting is the most horrible thing that's ever happened ever. Yeah, it is wor- it is the worst. So I think uh you know, I, I wanted to bring in the Florida story thing every week and another thing that I kinda wanted to bring in every week that we talked about briefly when we did the show with uh with uh Nick and Jonah is I wanna bring in remarks for the good of the show. This, this sounds very familiar for some reason. It does. <laughs> and I think this is a great point for us to just extrapolate for upwards of a minute on whatever is up in our craw right now or whatever is just happy or whatever's going on. So, Jeremy, I will give you the opportunity to be the first remarks for the good of the show. Uh, winter will end eventually, supposedly. That's a fact, folks. Winter will end eventually. It's, it's fucking cold. I'm sick of it being <laughs> fucking cold. I'm sick of my son running outside with no shoes on because he's a freaking crazy toddler <laughs> and it being too cold for him. <laughs> but Steve, that's, that's a good thing. Steven Michael Barda, remarks for the go to the show. Uh, to the guy who uh, pulled his bullshit with Emily's friend, fuck you, go to hell. He is a leading anti-terrorism expert that can probably track what you're saying right now. <laughs> this is Fuck Steve that Barta that's saying this, not Jerry Brzezicki. Oh, my God. I would think that my remarks for the good of show are this. Chicago, take a second, breathe, relax. When you got to worry about the Chicago Bulls is when they are down 0-2 in the first round of the playoffs. Until that point, don't worry about Derrick Rose. That's don't worry about Joakim Noah. About, though. They're what? in their wheelhouse when they're down 0-2. That's when they I start know. fighting. What I'm saying is, don't worry about this. Don't worry about where they're sitting in the seatings. Take your time. Take your breath and watch some of the best basketball you're ever going to see. Because this is a great time where you've got a lot of great players on this team. You better enjoy it because it's going to be real easy to not have this kind of basketball going on in this city. We went 10 years without it. You better enjoy it while it's here. We need to talk about the Bulls at some point. We but, will. Uh, Cutler we will. sucks. Cutler's an idiot. He's the worst. Cutler's He's amazing. You stop your talking. I want to give him like puzzles with the shapes where he has to fit in the spots 
just to see if he can do it. <laughs> Christian Cavalier do it faster. <laughs> so, in that case, for Jeremy and for Steve, I'm Jared. Thank you for listening to Something Gate. And Steve hates when I do this every time I do it. So I'm doing it. <laughs> and uh, for Emily, I'm Steve. Just reminding you that haters are going to hate and ainers are going to ain't. Thanks for listening to Something Gate. Goodbye. Jinkos for life.